This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, seminarian for the Diocese of Dodge City, Adam Urban, talks about discernment of spirits of St. Ignatius of Loyola. How do we know if a spirit is good or bad? How do we know when to make a change in our lives? Can everyone benefit by St. Ignatius's discernment of spirits? Well, let's find out. Adam is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. Right now, we're going to welcome in Adam Urban. We're going to talk about the discernment of spirits. Adam is a seminarian for the Dodge City Diocese. He's a graduate of TMP and Fort Hay State University, studying at St. John Vianney Theological Seminary in Denver right now. Before entering seminary, Adam was the director of youth ministries for the Dodge City Diocese, and Adam has become quite the regular on the Carathon. He'll be speaking on Discernment of Spirits by St. Ignatius of Loyola. We'd like to welcome in Adam Urban this afternoon. Adam, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Ken. It's uh, it's great to be back on and uh, to speak with you through the phone and not be in person, but I wish I was there, but uh, it's it's great to, to be here and uh, to be back on the Carathon. Well, we're glad to have you, and we're going to talk about the topic, Discernment of Spirits from St. Ignatius of Loyola, and I'm going to let you go ahead and start, kind of talk about the topic a little bit more and let people know what they can expect to hear. Yeah, well, thank you. I think maybe to just start, I'll give a, just a very brief background on uh, St. Ignatius, uh, just so we can place him um, in history in the Church, which is so important, kind of get our bearings um, and then move from there. Um, and I won't be able to cover, you know, even even a small percentage of his discernment of spirits. Um, but hopefully I can uh, leave the listeners with just a few points uh, throughout the hour, uh, something that they can take with them um, and, and do some further reading or further study on. Uh, so St. Ignatius, uh, he was born in 1491 in October. He's a Spaniard. So about 450 years ago, St. Ignatius was around. He's most known to be a founder of the Jesuits, as well with uh, his companions, St. Peter Faber and Francis Xavier, who is uh, today's feast day we celebrate, uh, St. Francis Xavier. But it was really when uh, Ignatius was young, about 18 years old, that he had a, a military accident uh, you know, he grew up with, with great dreams to be a, a military commander, uh, a general. And while he was in a battle at 18 years old, he got struck in the leg by a, a cannonball. And it was really this moment uh, that changed his life and allowed him uh, to really, uh, in my opinion, begin uh, this spiritual masterpiece um, that he's given the church, which is his discernment of spirits. And it's those discernment of spirits, uh, which, which I believe at 18, while he was in a hospital bed or cooped up, it's there that he really laid the foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. And it's really where his, his conversion started. Uh, so that's just a very brief about St. Ignatius. Um, he has a wonderful biography um, that he himself wrote, uh, for those of you who are interested, with, with more about his life um, and his legacy and of course, the Jesuits are still around today, and Pope Francis is uh, the first Jesuit pope. Um, so he has a, a long, a long history with the Church, 
I mean, I think the church has been really combing this treasure discernment of spirits, uh, which he formulated for, you know, for the last four centuries. So that's just a little bit about St. Ignatius. So when St. Ignatius was um, struck by this injury and he was laid up, for the first time in his life, uh, he had a lot of time. And by God's providence, uh, there were two books that he read. One was on the life of Christ, uh, and one was on the life of the saints. And so St. Ignatius, being a, a teenager and, you know, wrestling with now this traumatic injury in his life, not knowing if he'd ever walk again, and being bored, so he reads these two books, and he starts to recognize that the things that he had desired in his life, the fame, the the knighthood, the castles, that kind of started to to leave him discontented, uh, especially while he was trying to recover. And so he's reading these two books, and he starts to notice that when he reads the life of the saints, and when he reads the life of Christ, something moves in him. There's like a movement of the heart and this is really critical. And, and this is the basis uh, for what the, the church has, uh, has taught from St. Ignatius all the way to the present. And it's really what discernment of spirits is all about. It's really interpreting the interior movements of our life, um, the thoughts, the imaginations, the emotions, inclinations, desires, the feelings. What are we attracted to? What, what repulses us? What moves us? And, and that, in, in the most basic, is what discernment of spirits is. And so St. Ignatius then later, after he decides, I think God really is calling me through these movements, through these attractions, then he formulates 14 rules, which are the classic uh, 14 rules of the discernment of spirits, um, which I hope to maybe touch on a couple today. Um, but it's really being aware of where God is moving in our lives daily. Um, but it's, discernment of spirits is not a, it's not strictly an emotional, um, uh, an emotional awareness, you know, like when I'm happy or sad. But it's, it's, n- it's neither an intellectual uh, endeavor either. It, it really strikes a medium between our emotions, and our intellectual thoughts. Um, and it's really towards the spiritual realm uh, that St. Ignatius is looking. And he's, he's asking the questions, what is moving me towards God, and what is moving me away from God? And when we look at that in our own lives, that is exactly what discernment of spirit is. And so all this was formulated because of that military accident, um, which is why the background is important. So hopefully that answers uh, that question. But it's really being aware of the interior spiritual movements of our lives daily. You know, Christ in Revelation says he knocks at the door of our hearts. Um, But are we aware enough to recognize what are the things that are really moving us? What is attracting us? What is repulsing us? And then what is what in those is the will of the Lord? And obviously, um, one of the things we 
we talk about are the rules and and the 14 rules. And if you're ready to jump into those, Adam, uh, feel free to do so. Yes, I'd be more than happy to. Uh, So St. Ignatius's rules, these 14 rules, uh, they need to be looked at more of as uh, tools in the spiritual life and not necessarily as uh, program. You know, I think it's very easy for us today uh, to just try a program for everything. You know, if you want to become good at, uh, you know, a sport, there's a program for that. Or if you want to lose weight, um, it's all very programmatic. Uh, St. Ignatius and these rules, uh, they don't, they don't need to be approached in that way. Um, it's really, it starts with an awareness, and then every rule requires an understanding of the awareness, and then there's always an action involved. So those three steps are really critical when we, b- before we jump into the rules. So there's awareness, understanding, and action. And for St. Ignatius, um, you, he assumes that the person that's trying to hear these interior movements, these attractions, emotions, thoughts, that they really are trying to move towards the Lord. Um, That's very critical. I mean, it starts with that foundation, and sometimes it's easy for us to forget, like, when was the first time we, we really heard the Lord in our life? You know, maybe we had a conversion story, or maybe it was a friend. Um, and so we start with that foundation, and then we dive into the rules. So I think I'm going to start just with rule two, uh, which seems a little strange um, that I'm starting with rule two and not rule one. Um, I just won't be able to hit all of them. And so I, I thought that these were, were some of the most uh, pertinent, uh, maybe for some of the listeners. And so rule two uh, is all about the spirits of distraction and these are for persons who are going going towards christ ignatius says this rule is for those who are trying to go from good to better in the service of the lord but that the good spirit tries to encourage and strengthen them that's the lord but they're also the, the evil spirit tries to bite or sadden or place obstacles in their way. And as I've talked to people, especially, uh, you know, during this coronavirus, it seems to be rule two that is really uh, front and center to many, you know, faithful people's lives, where they're not really sure where to go. They feel discouraged. They feel distracted. And that's really what rule two is all about. And of course, uh, later on, St. Ignatius gives uh, recommendations and remedies to this. But, but rule two is just that awareness of, I'm trying to grow in holiness. I'm trying to grow uh, in the Lord's will. But that these distractions, this biting, there's these obstacles, they seem to be coming into my life. You know, um, And some people would just chalk that up as a, uh, you know, just a, an emotional, psychological response. But Ignatius is really firm, and, you know, he really tries to distinguish between what is of the mind, what is of the spirit, um, and then what is of morality. It's very easy for people today to just compartmentalize their whole self. So they're either totally spiritual, 
and they forget about the body. And this is like a, a form of Gnosticism. Gnosticism was all about what is of the spirit, gnosis, the Greek. What is it to know? And then the other side, which is very prevalent um, in young people, is we're going to forget about the spirit, but we're only going to look at the body. This is like a material reductionist philosophy. But what rule two uh, is really all about is that we're body and soul. There's an actual co-relationship between the body and soul. And that the, the sadnesses we have, the, the obstacles that are placed, the discouragements in our life, they're not just psychological or material um, things that can be diagnosed um, with modern medicine. There's actually spiritual movements there. I mean, so St. Ignatius really wants to highlight that. And so for those that are trying to grow in faith, trying to grow in virtue, uh, when these obstacles come, um, to not be discouraged, and then, of course, he gives us a way out uh, in the further rules. Uh, Rule one is for those who are basically just starting the conversion, and they don't want to let go of their former ways. Uh, they, They don't want to let go of of their, um, you know, sinful inclinations. And so rule one and two are all about spiritual liberation. Uh, There are 14 rules, but he's talked about, we're not going to be able to hit them all, as he mentioned, time-wise, but we've talked about rules one and two. Adam, I'm going to let you continue from there. Okay, great. And uh, I'll mention, Ken, that if you have any questions or something is not quite right, uh, it's always hard in the studio to uh, to know if everything is coming through. So feel free to interrupt me yeah, um, at any time. Sure will. Yeah, you're, you're, you're loud and clear, sounding good. So uh, we're just letting, kind of letting you roll. So go ahead. Okay, great. Well, I thought I would, I would skip to rule uh, six. And uh, rule six talks about uh, kind of the practical ways in which someone, if they're trying to grow in the spiritual life and they're, as Ignatius says, they're trying to go from good to better. And they have these, these desolations. He gives some practical advice. Rule five, he says, uh, you know, don't make any changes. You know, it's when people have a goal or a resolution and, and things aren't seeming to go right, one of the first things they always go to first is to make a change. But St. Ignatius, I think in his wisdom, says, no, don't, don't make a change so quickly, but remember why you set out on the journey in the first place. Uh, remember why you decided to, to undergo the liberation from, in Rule 1. And he remembers his principles to be aware, to understand, and then take action. So in the sixth rule, he says, it is very advantageous to change ourselves intensely against the desolation by insisting upon prayer, meditation, examination, and extending ourselves in a more suitable way to doing penance. And so I'll just quickly go over those four suggestions in this rule. And so if you're experiencing you know, the biting, the obstacles, the discouragements from rule two. You know, I would just encourage you to, to continue what you've, you've set out in your spiritual life. Maybe you uh, do a holy hour once a week or a daily rosary. Um, 
you know, or maybe one hour of the liturgy of the hours, and just to continue that prayer. And, and often what Ignatius says is, if you continue and persevere, you'll find that the desolations will seem to lift sooner than you expected. And then to go back to uh, an experience that you had of, of consolation. Um, and again, these aren't, these aren't necessarily emotional experiences, but they can certainly uh, include those. Maybe you went on a retreat that you found very fruitful. Uh, maybe there was a mass that really uh, struck you or a homily. Maybe you had a friend that said something to you that was really wise. To go back on those and meditate on, on those consolations in your spiritual life. And then to examine how the Lord has worked from that moment up until the desolation. And what you'll find is a real sense of gratitude. And it's often in that gratitude um, that we see the Lord's work. And then he says, extending ourselves in a suitable way of doing penance. And Ignatius here is, is not recommending that we take on uh, you know, more penances such as, you know, maybe not eating meat on Fridays or doing the Stations of the Cross. But really, when we have a tendency in our desolation to go to the things of the senses, uh, you know, maybe to, uh, you know, pick up social media more than, uh, more than you know that's good for you, or uh, to turn to pleasures of food and drink, what Ignatius says here in Rule 6 is by doing penance, not by giving it up, but by pushing it off later, we'll find that those little um, acts of resistance to the senses uh, can bring us back to great consolation and peace. Um, and so Rule 6 is really about when we have discouragement, when we have obstacles, how can we pray, meditate, and examine in a way that, that points us back uh, to the Father? Um, and, and for Ignatius, everything was about uh, God's glory and God's will. Um, and it's easy for us in, uh, in a time of spiritual discouragement, uh, maybe we're discouraged about uh, not seeing friends or family, especially during the coronavirus, to really be inwardly focused but the movements that we're supposed to be attentive to in the, in the discernment of spirits really push us out to really see the work of the Father in us. Um, and so it's not necessarily a, a human-centered, anthropocentric uh, exercise. What Ignatius is really trying to do with these 14 rules is to push us to a God-centered uh, approach, a theocentric, um, and to look at ourselves and see what the drama of God is doing in our lives. And so I think that's, that's very important that we go inward and upward. And so I think those are really helpful suggestions. I love Rule 6. Um, I think it's really wise advice, especially for spiritual directors. And I think it can really help uh, when we become a discouraged from rule two, uh, when we find ourselves in, in kind of a fog, to do those exercises of prayer, meditation, of pushing off the sensible things that we love, 
um, and really lifting ourselves up in gratitude. Adam, if somebody wants to find out maybe a little more information, I'm going to I'm going to kind of break this up. And obviously, we've got plenty more to talk about. But if somebody wants to maybe they're just getting started and they want to find out a little bit more about um, Ignatian spirituality, um, is there a good starting point or something people can get that maybe just is is at that more of a one on one level? Uh, because I know for some people this may seem fairly deep, and then others may say, well, I need a starting point. Uh, any suggestions for a good starting point with something like this? Yeah. We're all beginners in the spiritual life. One of my favorite stories is St. Ignatius, an early, early saint in the church. Um, he had been a bishop for like 30 years. Um, and someone asked him a similar question, like, where do I even begin um, and he said, I'm still a beginner. Uh, let's begin today. I think it's really powerful. But if you want to get a book that I think is very easy to read, uh, fast moving, it's, it's not boring, that, that goes into these rules in depth, I would recommend Discernment of Spirits, uh, Ignatian Guide for Everyday Living uh, by, by one of my mentors, uh, Father Timothy Gallagher, um, here in Denver, uh, Father Gallagher is is uh, renowned nationally for his work with Ignatian spirituality um, and discernment of spirits. I mean, he's just a fantastic resource of, of breaking down the rules and, and really uh, giving people like a real practical uh, tool shed for their spiritual life. Um, so I'd recommend this book, Discernment of Spirits by Father Gallagher. A lot of what I'm saying today, um, I heard from Father Gallagher, and so he's just an excellent resource. I'm sure there are others. I haven't read um, just a huge amount of books on this subject, but uh, again, these these rules have been around for 450 years, right? And so the church has really been plumbing their depths for a long time. But the great thing is, these rules are really for all of us. You know, whether you're uh, Pope Francis. Um, or someone who's just a convert. You know, I find myself going back to these rules all the time, especially in spiritual direction. Um, so if you have a spiritual director, and maybe we'll talk about that later, but maybe ask them, like, uh, would, you, would you mind helping me go through Ignatius's rules? Um, and if you've gone on a, a retreat, I know there are uh, retreats, three-day, five-day, longer even, um, they'll often do these Ignatian uh, exercises, um, and so I, I think they're really, uh, really helpful. Um, so to always have a guide is, is a good practice on, on all things. Um, if we want to get good at something, we usually need a coach. And, um, but yeah, just uh, you know, don't be afraid to, to jump in. Get, get a, a short text or a short book. Um, I'm sure the messenger in Hayes uh, has uh, Father Gallagher's discernment of spirits. Um, and so I, I would really start with something like that and then go from there. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more from seminarian Adam Urban on discernment of spirits of St. Ignatius of Loyola. One body. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Discernment of Spirits of St. Ignatius of Loyola. One body. 
with seminarian of the Diocese of Dodge City, Adam Urban. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. We're talking about um, the discernment of spirits, and uh, Adam Urban is our guest today from the Dodge City Diocese. He is a seminarian with the Dodge City Diocese. Let's talk more. You, you're, talk, you're talking about some of the 14 rules. I know you're not hitting them all, but I know you want to jump back in and certainly do that and, and uh, share some more of that with us, if you would, Adam. Sure. I think I will um, just briefly touch on the eighth rule. Um, so I really hit two, six, eight, and then we'll probably end with like 13 or 14. But the eighth rule is let one who is in desolation work to be in patience, which is contrary to the vexations which come to him. That's a quote from, from St. Ignatius. You know, I think it's easy in the spiritual life when we are discouraged when we find ourselves lacking the motivation, when we have these senses of desolation, if we examine ourselves closely, um, which often requires us, you know, sitting in silence, we'll find that we've lost patience in all the other areas of our life. You know, so maybe you find yourself more agitated when you're driving to work than you normally are. Or maybe you find yourself more agitated with your spouse. Or maybe you find yourself uh, more agitated at your job. There's just this tension built up. And what St. Ignatius is really saying in this eighth rule is be aware of that agitation and then really work to strive for patience. Because it's that patience and peace which is going to allow ourselves uh, to really experience uh, the consolations um, that God wants to give us in his own time. And and, and the Mass is full of these, uh, in a sense, the Mass is full of of pointing us back to these rules where, where it says, or my peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Well, that's, you can think of the eighth rule there, and say, where have I, where have I found myself uh, losing patience? And maybe it's because I haven't been attentive. Um, I haven't been aware. Remember, aware, understand, and then act to these these movements. And uh, and, and patience is a real key. So I just wanted to briefly touch on on rule number eight, um, and then and then I think we'll go to uh, rule number thirteen. Um, which is at the very, almost the very end. And, you know, can you're, you're asking, you know, what can someone do if they, uh, they want to get started in a, this Ignatian discernment of spirits? And Rule 13 is really about releasing in the light what is hidden in darkness. And so maybe the listeners um, in their prayer, in their meditation, their reflections, maybe they journal um, or maybe they have a spiritual director. Rule 13 talks about bringing the movements, the temptations, the doubts, the burdens, our anxieties, fears, and we move our burdens into words. I think that's a powerful line, our burdens into words. 
and what is hidden in the darkness we bring to the light. Uh, because what is not of God wants to stay hidden. It wants to stay confined. It doesn't want to be known. Because to be known means to be, uh, to be vulnerable. And so in the spiritual life, when we're aware, when we're doing the discernment of spirits and we're practicing this interior awareness, again, not just of our emotions, not just of our intellectual thoughts, um, but really the holistic approach of spirit and body. When we do have temptations and doubts and burdens, the 13th rule says, bring them to the light. Maybe write them down. Maybe bring them to a spiritual director, a priest, someone you trust in the spiritual life. Um, And when we bring our burdens into words, we often find that we have clarity. Um, For someone who uh, has a spiritual director, they'll probably attest to this rule, even though they, they may never have heard the rule, is that when they brought whatever they were going through to a spiritual director, uh, things seemed to clear up, consolation came, um, and the peace that the Lord wants to give actually occurred. Um, and so Rule 13 is a, is a simple rule, but powerful. And that's what I like about Ignatius. They're not always uh, complex, but sometimes it's the little things that make a big difference in our spiritual lives. And so for those that are wanting to go from good to better, 13 is, is practical wisdom uh, from you know, a, a truly great saint. Adam Urban is our guest this afternoon talking on the Sermon of Spirits. And Adam, you just covered that 13th rule. And were you wanting to cover 14? We certainly have time to do that if you'd like to do that. Yeah, I'll just run through 14 real quick and get it in here. This is the last rule. And uh, so for 14, Ignatius explains that, uh, that the evil one, the devil, is he's kind of like a... Uh, a leader of an army who is pitching his tent uh, in front of a castle and he's exploring the castle. He's exploring the, the fortifications and the defenses. And he's of course looking for the weakest point, the weakest link. And so the 14th rule, again, it's simple, but Ignatius says when we reflect on ourselves, again, to look inward so that we go upward, when we reflect on ourselves, we need to be especially aware of the places where we're the weakest, because that's exactly where the enemy is going to attack us. And so if we are weak in the virtue of temperance, the evil spirits are going to attack us in the virtue of temperance. And so by examining our interior life and examining our moral life. This is where the moral life comes in. Hopefully we find the weak points and then we work to build them up. Um, so when one virtue is growing, all virtues are growing, which is, you know, that's important for, for people to recognize um, that when we grow in one virtue, we grow in all. Um, and so just to be aware of our weak points where do we struggle? And if we reflect, we'll probably see that where we're being attacked um, or where we've fallen, it's in that, it's in that point 
Um, and so Ignatius just gives that practical advice of look at our fortifications and then try to build from where it's weak, not from where it's strong. Although it's so easy to go <laughs> to someplace else uh, in the spiritual life. Um, but just that humble recognition of where we're really weak um, and then to seek, uh, to seek the necessary requirements to help us out. Um, and the church gives us, you know, so many resources um, for all the things that we struggle with. Um, but that's rule 14. I mean, I should probably mention, too, all the rules that I hit on, 2, 6, 8, 13, and 14, besides rule 14, they all dealt with, with those that are struggling, um, really with the desolation. But most of the numbers that I didn't cover, those rules are dealing with spiritual consolation um, when we are actually, uh, you know, moving towards the Lord and the obstacles are less and there's, there's less of an interior struggle within us. Um, and so, you know, Ignatius balances it out. Um, so it's not all uh, gloom and doom and desolation. Uh, there's certainly another side. But I just thought it was uh, important to touch on the rules of desolation. Uh, for those that are really struggling right now, and that Advent is a good time uh, to go back to these principles, simple but sometimes hard to practice. And so I, I should clarify that for, for all the listeners out there. Well, one of the things, too, uh, Adam, I wanted to talk about, you know, we talk about desolation or even that just that dryness in prayer. What do you suggest to people who maybe are, are doing prayer? Maybe it's not the Ignatian uh, exercises, but doing prayer and they're finding, you know, really dr real dryness in prayer and just feel like, gosh, I'm just not getting anything out of it. What would be your suggestion for listeners who may be struggling with that? Yeah, my suggestion would be um, to pick up a life of a saint. Um, the lives of the saints are often so fascinating, and they're so full of adventure and drama and joy and heartbreak and sadness, um, and, and the human spirit at its greatest and the human spirit at its worst. And what we'll find is we can usually connect with one or more of the saints. You know, some people have just such an attachment to the saints. And the saints show us that where we are, people have been before. Um, and so I think that it's, it's kind of light reading, and it's just a great way for those that are really experiencing dryness in prayer um, or, or this desolation uh, to go to those uh, that we reverence and, and ask them for their intercession. And uh, I think you'll find uh, a lot of consolation there. Um, but just to stick with it, again, there's a real sense of perseverance. Um, in anything in life, you know, if, if you want to become a good cook or a good basketball player or a good uh, violinist, there's always going to be a struggle there. Um, and so we need to reflect on all the other things that we've learned how to do and that we're good at and we have talent in and realize that there was the same struggle there as we find in the spiritual life. Uh, so don't be discouraged. Yet God is, uh, God is giving you graces. He's giving all of us graces. Um, and, you know, God bless you for your perseverance. Um, it's, it's so critical to, uh, to persevere. 
Um, and yeah, maybe talk to a good friend about it. Talk to uh, you know a priest or a spiritual mentor, and you'll probably find that uh, you're not the only one struggling with with the dryness in prayer. Um, so those would be some of my suggestions. Uh, and of course, stay close to the sacraments and um, our Blessed Mother, um, who we uh, started with a prayer to before this hour, uh, Lady Seat of Wisdom. Pray for us. Adam, we still have just a few minutes left, but I wanted to come back to something you talked about earlier, and it was uh, just the fact that, you know, spiritual direction or a spiritual mentor, um, and maybe talk a little of the importance of that, and uh, maybe some ideas for people on how to how to find somebody that does either spiritual direction or spiritual mentorship. Yeah, I think it's it's a very important part in the in the spiritual life, and I know it was important for me when I, when I really had a reversion to the faith and I was, I was wrestling with questions, um, especially of the future, uh, to find someone who has, you know, been down this road. You know, unfortunately in, in Kansas, um, in, you know, many of the towns, there's only maybe one priest um, or, or a few priests. So it can be hard to find spiritual directors because the, the priests are so busy. And, you know, some priests don't feel comfortable doing it. Um, but sometimes it's just a matter of maybe asking, a, you know, a priest that you trust, someone, you know, a sister that you trust, you know, someone that's kind of been trained in the art of spiritual direction. And, um, you know, it's, it's worth finding that person because uh, they can make such a difference uh, just in the clarity and then the wisdom that they can give you. They're really an outside a perspective to what's going on, you know, in your spiritual life. And they have just a real wisdom from experience. So it can be hard to find them. I'm not going to lie on that. Um, but it's worth inquiring into, at least, um, for our listeners. Um, and, and usually priests and, and sisters, they're, they're more than happy to do it. Uh, sometimes they just never have been asked. So that would be, be my advice. Yeah, I'm not sure I have any more at the moment. Uh, but uh, to just inquire in your area if there's someone that does it, someone that's trusted and knowledgeable. And I think it's a, a growing ministry in the church. I think more people are, are, are doing it and are, are becoming trained in it. And so you might have some thoughts, Ken, as well. But um, just to find someone that you, uh, are, has knowledge and that you can really trust them. And I always think a, a priest is especially nice because they can offer the, the sacrament of reconciliation, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a, a key part in the spiritual life as well, uh, you know, that frequent reception of the sacrament of reconciliation. But, of course, it doesn't have to be a priest. Uh, but I, I do believe it's a, a growing ministry in the Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can find one, I would certainly encourage it. Sure. Well, I know, Adam, to kind of piggyback on what you said, there are some priests that, you know, I've talked to even as I search for a spiritual uh, director uh, that just there that's not what they consider a charism or something that they feel comfortable doing. But there are many priests who are very good at it, but there are also others. And, and one thing that's uh, starting to come out more and more at least in our diocese, and maybe that's uh, the, we might see that expansion of that as a spiritual mentorship programs that are out there where people are coming in uh, to attend and, and to become spiritual mentors. They're not necessarily, I know we've had a few that I think have come into Kansas City for training for spiritual mentorship, um, but is yeah, it's a matter of looking and finding. Sometimes that can be tough. I suppose with technology, it's always nice to be face-to-face, but I suppose with technology, there's that possibility of doing maybe a 
Zoom or some kind of a or FaceTime or something with a, a spiritual mentor. But that is tough. Obviously, that wouldn't work as far as uh, for what confession confession goes if you're looking to uh, find a priest as a spiritual director. But but um, those spiritual mentors are out there too, and a slight difference between the two. But again, uh, certainly that may be may be an option. I don't know if they're if they're offering that or not, but just something that kind of comes to mind as we uh, talk about this this afternoon. Adam, we obviously appreciate uh, you joining us this afternoon. Any final thoughts, anything that uh, you didn't cover you want to make mention of before we wrap up? No, I think that's about it. Um, of course, we're just scratching the surface, as I said, and I just recommend uh, the listeners to to maybe go out and uh, get a resource on this topic um, or you find some videos um, on the discernment of spirits, and it's, it's just a beautiful toolkit for your spiritual life. Yeah, and just hope that some of the things that were mentioned today, maybe you could take one of them and uh, it, it will help you out. Thanks, Adam. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this One Body Stewarding God's Creation show. If you want to keep great shows like this One Body show on the air, please go to D vmercy.com and click on donate. Your donations will be very much appreciated. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 105 KMDG Hayes, 101.7 KJDM Lindsberg Salina, 88.1 KRTT Great Bend, and 88.1 Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. One body. Creation.